This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, we're talking on hope all this month. The season of hope we've entitled our lesson. You know, we talked last week. Remember, the, we gave the illustration, you know, uh, the researchers that did the research with uh, using two rats. You know, they put a, one rat in a big tub of water with high walls and in a completely dark room. You remember that? And the rat swam, 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 swam for about three minutes and gave up. They did it again with the, uh, another rat and put him in the same conditions and everything, the same dark room, but they put a little ray of light there. And man, he swam and 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 swam for 36 hours, 700 times longer. And you know, we talked about, use that as an illustration of hope, how important it is for the human spirit, the human condition, that there be hope in our lives. We absolutely need hope. Now, we talked about that the word hope from the Bible, it really means a happy and good expectation. I already like hope just hearing that, don't you? You know, I, I don't like these naysayers that want to, you know, they say, well, you, don't, you shouldn't be giving people false hope. False hope? What's fa- there's hope or there's no hope. There's no false hope. Now, we talked about misplaced hope. Sometimes we misplace our hope, don't we? We put our hope in the wrong person. We put our hope in the wrong thing. But hope is a good thing when we connect our hope with God. Then it's a happy expectation. What a difference it would make if you got up tomorrow morning, you know, the world calls it Blue Monday. Well, why has it got to be Blue Monday for you? Who determined that it was going to be Blue Monday? It it, it doesn't have to be you, does it? Hope enables me, now get this, why is it important? It enables me to project my vision into the future God has planned for me. I can see tomorrow before it gets here. Whoa, you say, oh, are you some kind of super spiritual prophet? No, just a regular believer like you. But because of hope, hope in God, hope from God, hope that comes from the promise of God, I can see tomorrow, next week, next month, I can see 2017 as a happy anticipation of good for my life. Well, I have to preach a little bit. Just as Abraham, and we're going to look at Abraham, why don't you turn over to Romans 4, we're going to get there and read some in a minute, Romans 4. But just as Abraham, by hope, was able to see beyond his present circumstances into the future God's promise had planned for him. You and I, because what? We have the same Savior, the same God. We have the Word, the promises of God. We can do the same thing Abraham did. Are you listening to me? Now, I know sometimes we look in the Bible and we look at some of the great men and women of faith and, man, we look at them and we can feel like, man, I'm going to measure up to that. 
You know, we, we think about some of the great, maybe some of the great heroes of faith that, you, that are special to you, the men and women that, that, that changed destinies of nations and did great things. But you know what? We have to remember, yes, they were great heroes and heroines of faith. But why were they? It was because of who they were connected to. And we, and you and I, we can be connected to that same God. We're going to look at Abraham because we understand that we can take hold, just like Abraham did, the promise God had for him, God's got a promise for you. God's got a promise for you. You know, someone has researched it out, and they said there's over 6,000 promises in the Bible. There's bound to be at least one out of 6,000 for you, right? Maybe they're not all 6,000. Depends on how, you know, I found this out. As my faith grows, it's amazing to me how many more of the promises of God. I say, hey, that's for me. That one's for me. That one's for me. That one's for me. But you know what? Wherever your faith level may be this morning, I can guarantee you this. There's a promise God has for you, for your circumstance, for your situation, for where you're going in life. Amen? And here's the thing. We understand that there are two voices in our life, and we're going to look at this in a minute. There's, a, there's the, the voice of the facts. You know what the facts are saying? Your circumstance, you're not going to make it. You've had it. It's over with. You're going under. You don't have enough. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough health. You don't have enough peace. Whatever it is, it, it's, you know, the facts want to speak to us, don't they? But I've got good news for you. We can allow hope to arise in us by, by allowing the promise of God to begin to speak louder than the facts. Mm. Romans chapter 4. Let me get over there. Have you found that yet? Romans 4.18. Listen to this. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. Now that sounds like a contradiction, doesn't it? That against all hope, in hope, he believed. See, the facts present a certain hope for you. Are you listening? There's a human hope that people may have that maybe they don't even know God. They don't even have a connection to God yet. But they have a human hope. They hope in what they can do. They hope in what their money can do. They hope in what maybe some other man or woman can do for them. There's a degree of hope there. But you know what? At some point in time, all hope that's placed in a man is going to come to an end. It's not going to be sufficient. It's not going to be able to lift you. It's not going to be able to deliver you. And that's what he was talking about here because Abraham had some facts in his life. And the fact was that here was a man that was 75 years old. God promised him a child. And then time went by. Now when we read this in Romans 4, he's 90. You know what the human facts and the human hope says to somebody that, 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 well, actually, Sarah was 90. He was 99, excuse me. He was just a spring chicken at 90. So she was 90. He's 99. God says, you're going to have a child. Guess what human hope said? 
Ain't no way, baby. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Hey, you are absolutely lunatic. You've been out in, under the moon too long. That's not going to happen. See, that's what he's talking about. Against that hope, Abraham believed in a bigger, greater hope that was tied to the promise of God. Now, notice this. And so became, he said, believed, and so became the father of many nations. Wow. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. See, when God made him that promise, the first thing that happened in Abraham's heart and mind, hope sprang up. That's the starting place for your miracle. That's the starting place for your deliverance, for your provision, is hope. This is why we're talking about a season of hope. You know, you got to start somewhere. And hope is the place we start. And hope comes to us even in the midst of a hopeless in the natural situation from knowing what God has said. And so he said he began to believe. He believed what God said. It says without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. I mean, he's 99. You ever, you ever, you know anybody that's 99? You happen to know anybody? You ever met anybody who's 99? They don't look like they're ready to have, you know, become a father of many nations, do they? And he, it says the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. Wow. You think you got a hopeless situation? And that Sarah's womb was also dead. She was 90, by the way. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. So some lessons from Abraham. There's always in our life, just like Abraham, there's the facts versus the promise. And this really is the battleground of hope. It's the battleground of hope. Because the facts are speaking something, aren't they? I mean, it was real. He really was 100 years old. That was real. Sarah was 90. The situation, the circumstances in your life, they are real. Hello? Sure they are. And if you look at them, they have a voice. I say this all the time, but it's true. Everything has a voice. Your bank account has a voice. You go look at it and it says, mm, you know. You know, instead of that first number there being a one or higher, it's, a, it's lower. You ever been there? You know, it's zero, zero, zero. Man, I have. Man, I've, I've been out of the country with two kids, two small toddlers. I say, hey, called home this way before the internet. What we got in the bank account? Nothing. It speaks to you. You guys know what I'm talking about. It speaks to you. Everything speaks. Everything's got a voice. Your circumstance. That's the reason you can't sleep at night. Your circumstances are talking to you. You're not going to make it. You're going under. You're going under. You're not going to make it. 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 Anybody can I get a witness? Anybody been there? 
the fact. But here's the thing. God's promise has a voice. And it's up to us to determine which voice are we going to live. Are we going to live by and we're going to listen to. Now listen. Facts usually stand in opposition to God's promise. That's usually where we start. You got the facts are saying one thing. God saying something else. Because the promise is sent to give you, to begin with, hope that the facts can change. See, hopelessness is when we look at the facts and we begin to believe they're never going to change. That's when we become hopeless. That's when we become, you know, despondent. That's when we become depressed. That's when the enemy gets in there and begins to eat our lunch and pop our bag. You know, that's the way the devil does it. He doesn't just eat your lunch, man. He blows the bags up and pops it in your face. He wants to rub it in. He just wants to rub you out. But the good news is this. If you will listen to the promise. See, I never understood this. You know, uh, being in, in the ministry for a long time now, and people would come to me, and it was always amazing to me that they could tell me everything the devil was saying, but yet they would tell me, Pastor, pray for me. I can't hear God. Well, no wonder you're in trouble. You can hear the devil clearly, but you can't hear God. No wonder you're in trouble. You listen to the devil, he's going to steer you wrong. He's, gonna, he's a liar. He's going to lie to you. He's going to tell you it's over. He's going to tell you it's through. But see what? We need to learn how to listen to God. And one of the good ways to begin to do that is to find in this book what God has said about you and about your circumstance. Well, Pastor, I just, you know, people tell, Pastor, I just don't know where to start. I mean, the Bible, it's, it's so big. It's so complex. I don't know where to start. Well, where are you hurting in life? I've said this before. If you have some symptoms in your body and you go see the doctor and you know your side's hurting and he says, what's going on with you? Well, I don't know, but I think I need my head checked. No, I, th I think it's my foot. Are you guessing? You're telling him? No, you're saying, I got a pain right here. Well, guess where he's going to start the examination? Right there. When you've got a circumstance in your life that's not right, if you're dealing with fear, if you're dealing with sickness, if you're dealing with a broken relationship, then find in the Bible what God says about it, the promise he has for you. I know it's simple, but that's how it is. Facts cannot prevail over God's promise. Now, see, this is what we learn. Lessons from Abraham. First, facts versus the promise. That's the battleground for hope. You're either going to be hope or hope, have hope or be hopeless. Facts always stand in opposition to begin with to God's promise. But thank God the facts cannot prevail over God's promise. See, because you're listening, whoever we listen to, if we're listening to the circumstance of our life and they're telling us we've had it, it's over, uh, you don't have enough, you're not going to make it, you're not going to recover, whatever it might be, if we listen to that, it's become so strong in us. See, we think that the facts 
are bigger than God's word, but they're not. Stop listening to the facts. Start listening to the promise. Are you hopeless or hopeful this morning? What's your condition? God's promise has to become the basis for my, my hope as well as my faith. But hope's where I start. Facts and promises both represent a truth to which either hope or hopelessness becomes attached. I'm going to read that again. Facts and promises both represent a truth to which either hope or hopelessness become attached. Your circumstances are real. That pain you feel in your body, that's real. You look at your checkbook, your checking account, and it says you got $5 in there. You don't write a check for 100 It's going to go boing. Isn't that right? That's a fact. That, that's real. But here's the thing. There is also a higher truth which God promises represent. And if we begin to look at that, you know what will happen? Our hope becomes attached to the promise rather than hopelessness attached to the facts. Are you with me? He said, oh, Pastor, you're talking about mind over matter. I could not be talking about anything further from that. I'm talking about God over your matters. <laughs> I'm talking about letting God rule in the matters of your life, in the circumstances of your life. You know, uh, I, I enjoy reading, as I'm sure most of you do, and one of the magazines I, I like to read out of is National Geographic. And, I, you know, I'm so glad that, that, you know, that science is almost about to catch up with God. Because I read on the front cover of the December issue of National Geographic, on the very front, not in the back, not in stuck away somewhere, on the front cover says, the, power, the healing power of faith. They're about to catch up. <laughs> now that, you know, that's not, that, you know, that's not a Christian, that's not charisma, that's National Geographic. <laughs> but here's the thing, we start with hope. We're going to get to faith eventually, but we've got to start with hope first. Because the Bible says, faith gives substance to hope. Well, you've got to start with hope then, don't you? You, what, what is it that you are, you are looking at? What is filling your heart and your mind and your consciousness? Is it just what's wrong, what's bad? I mean, you know, you meet some people, you know, bless their heart, I love them. They're sweet people and, you know, all of them. But, you know, and I'm not being critical, I'm not. But, you know, every time you see them, I mean, man, they're in it. It's bad. Life's hard. It's tough. I mean, you know, every, I mean, I'm like, dear Lord, is, do you ever have any joy? Do you ever have any peace? I mean, you know, it's just like, you know, it's some people, they're in the battle all the time. You know, there is a place of victory. 
there is battle. Yes, of course there is. But there's a place of victory. We, we come to victory. We come to peace. We come to joy. There's th those times are in our life too. I think sometimes it's because where their focus is. This is, this, this is not right. And that's not right. And this person treated me this way. And this is not right. And that's not right. You know, and a lot of times I, in a conversation, I never hear them say what God said. It's what their circumstances saying, what their body is saying, what their finances is saying. It's what somebody in their family said. What about what God says? Listen, facts and promises. Each has a viewpoint, a voice that is speaking to you. The facts speak to you, but God's promise can speak to you too. It's a viewpoint, either temporary or eternal. Are you listening? 2 Corinthians. Let me read this to you. You can turn over there if you want to. 4, 18. Listen to this. <clears throat> well, I'm going to back up so you can get the context so you know what I'm, that Paul's talking about what I'm talking about. He said, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. That's his circumstance. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Now listen to this. Here's a man who was beaten, stoned, left for dead, Put in prison several times, and he says, our light and momentary troubles. What did he have? Perspective. Paul wasn't in la-la land. Oh, this is not real. This, that didn't bother me. No, he had perspective. He had his circumstance just like you and I do. He had his difficulties just like you and I do. But he had perspective. And while he looked at his facts and he understood that, he said, listen, there's something greater. His hope was attached to the promise of God. And he had perspective. He said, our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is... So your circumstances are, the facts of your life are, perspective. One of the things hope gives us, what is perspective? See, hopelessness is when we lose perspective. Everything's bad. Everything's dark. It's getting worse. I've had it. I'm never going to be, nothing's ever going to be better in my life. I've had, see, that's a wrong perspective. That's the perspective of hopelessness. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Is eternal. The hope that comes from God's Word, His promises, as we begin to look at them, read upon them, think upon them, let, talk them out of our mouth. You know what? All of a sudden, remember we said, God's hope gives me the ability to what? To see into my future. Oh, things are getting better. Things are going to get better. Oh, I can see it. God has promised me. He has said He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. God will deliver me out of all my troubles. God has said that He will provide for all of my needs. God has said that if I believe on Him, my household will be saved. I begin to see my future in God. 
And you know, when you begin to see your future by hope, we'll talk about this later, but something else arises when you begin to let hope arise, and that's something called faith. Because faith is right on the heels of hope. And faith gives substance to what hope is showing you. The voice of the promise must become louder than the voice of the facts. Let me ask you, whose voice are you hearing this morning? Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not heed or listen to. Don't listen to the negatives of the enemy and the facts that are in your life that are contrary to God's promise and God's will for you. Remember we said that hope is connected with what? A happy expectancy for good. Now, religion wants to get all complicated. Yes, well, now, you know, that might be good that, you know, you're run over by a car. Really? That might be good that, you know, that you've got the death sentence of cancer in your body. That's probably a good thing. Well, we'll pray for you that you get it. I mean, if it's a good thing, I'll come into agreement that you, how about your children? You want them to... Have good too, don't you? Isn't that the silliest thing? I don't know in the world we come up with that idea. It's like, well, you know, but you're just not wise enough to know what is good. Maybe so, but I'm smart enough to get in a book and find out what God said was good. I think God knows what is good. Isn't that right? Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it, what, more abundantly or to the full. You don't have to be, you know, a rocket science scientist or a physicist or, you know, or some genius to know this, that when God says, you know, he said, he said this, he said to pray that God's will be done in the earth as it is in, didn't Jesus teach us to pray that? Sure he did. Well, how many sick folk in heaven? Anybody broke up there? Anybody getting run over by a car or a chariot or something? Well, he said to pray. Jesus also said this. He said, every house divided against itself, every kingdom divided against itself will, shall fall. So if God's making people sick and healing people too... Making people broke and blessing people too, wouldn't his kingdom be divided? And so wouldn't, according to the words of Jesus, God's kingdom fall? Well, we know that's not true. His kingdom is eternal, isn't it? So, you know, we, we need to get that straightened out. You know, I, I, I use this term. I, I talked about, you know, Christians like that that are uh, so mixed up about that. I call them concrete Christians. They're thoroughly mixed up and well said. You know, it's hard to convince them. It's hard to get them to change their mind, even when you show them what's in the book sometimes. But I'm glad that's not you. Let's talk about strengthening our hope and in winning the battle of mental fatigue. Because hope really has a lot to do 
with the soulish area of our mind. You know this, the Bible says we are spirit made in the image of God. We have a soul, which it's our mind, our will, and our emotions. And of course, we all familiar with this thing we live in called a body, aren't we? That's the thing that probably gives us the most problems. <laughs> but hope is about strengthening the soul area, the mind. Because when you're in a spiritual battle, when the circumstance, when the enemy comes, when life happens and things happen, and listen, they happen to all of us. Are you listening? Doesn't mean you're not a good Christian because something has happened to you. It just means what? That there is a devil. That we're living in a fallen world where bad things happen. Isn't that true? And maybe you're in a battle like that and you can be in a battle sometimes like that and your mind begins to feel weary. Your emotions begin to feel weary. You begin to think, man, is there any end to this thing? Did you know from the time that God gave the promise to Abraham, he, he was 75, it was almost 25 years later before he received the end of that promise, the fulfillment of that promise? You think he had any fights with this thing up here? Well, I mean, man, God said it, it ought to happen, you know, by sundown. It ought to happen. Surely it'll happen. Well, I'm a pastor. I've been believing God for a whole week. And that happened. Well, bless your heart. But see, that's where mental fatigue begins to come into our mind. We begin to, we begin to as Galatians says this, he said, do not grow weary and faint where? In your minds. Don't grow weary with well-doing. Don't grow weary there and faint in your minds. Why? That's what hope is for. Remember we said last week, Paul said hope is like a helmet. And, and I said this, that, you know, we wear a helmet so that, you know, the concussions of life don't happen to us. You may get hit. It may rattle you a little bit, but I don't get a concussion. Because what? I've got hope on as a helmet. That's my crash helmet. I keep hope on. It helps me so that I don't have mental fatigue. Are you listening? What does worry do to you? Man, I'm telling you, you can, you can, you can get worry. If you can let worry and fear get in there to the point to where even physically you feel weaker, don't you? You feel like, I don't even want to get up. I just want to stay in bed. I just want to sleep. I just, I just want to eat more ice cream. I just want, whatever. <laughs> Come on. Isn't that true? Man, it just wears you down. It, it creates a mental and emotional fatigue. And this is why hope is so important. How do we strengthen our hope? First of all, consider the character of God. Consider the character of God. In Hebrews chapter 6, the writer in Hebrews is speaking here. He said, <clears throat> uh, let's back up to verse 17. Because God wanted to make... The unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. 
What do we say our soul comprised of? Our mind, our will, our emotions. He says God gave us his promises so that we could remember this immutable thing about God. He never lies. If God said it, he meant it, he still means it. He's not one to say yes to this one and no to that one. The promise of God is for everyone who will receive it. And he says, when we consider God, what is it? God says, I am the Lord God, I change not. The word immutable there is talking about an aspect of the character of God. Listen, we can count on God because of His immutable character. He does not change. He's not duplicitous. He's not one way one time and one way the next. Unlike human beings who we are changed sometimes with the wind and the shifting opinions of men, God never changes. So when He says and gives us a promise... We can look to Him, and because we know that, you know what it does? It strengthens my hope. My hope is not attached to a man. It's attached to the unchanging God. Amen? Amen. The words of my mouth, my words, have the greatest impact on my hope and my faith. You know those self-talk, I call it self-speak? That stuff you do up here in this head all day long? Know what I'm talking about? We all do it. You talk to yourself all during the day, don't you? Talk, 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 talk. Might not come out of this mouth yet, but it's... Talk, 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 talk. Isn't that right? That's all worry is, is the wrong self-talk. Over and over and over. See, people come to me, oh, pastor, I, can't, I heard you talk about meditating the Word. I just can't do that. I said, you're doing it every day. Oh, you're doing it every day. It's called worry. You know, worry is meditation in reverse. Now, don't do this. But wouldn't it be something if you got up in the morning and decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drive my car all day in reverse. Now, don't you do that. It's not safe. But wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, you saw somebody back out of their driveway, you wouldn't think anything about it, but then they just kept on reverse, going around. <laughs> Hit a couple of cars, bounce off a curb. But you know, that's what we do when we worry and listen to that little voice up here that keeps saying, you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it, you're not going to make it, you're going under, you're going to you're going to die, you're not going to make it, you're going to lose your house, you're going to lose your car, you're going to lose your, your marriage, you ain't going to make it, you ain't going to make it, you ain't going to make it. That's all you're doing. You're, you're running, your, your mind, your soul is running in reverse. I got good news for you. Just shift into drive. How do you do that? Get your focus back on God's promise. Begin to let it speak to you. But my God shall supply all your needs. God will supply all your needs. My God will supply all of my needs. Hallelujah. Jesus carried my sicknesses, carried my diseases. By his stripes I'm healed. God says I'm the head, not the tail. Whatever I put my hand to will prosper. Hallelujah. 
Bible says there's therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm an heir of God to join heir with Jesus. You start listening to that all day. I'm telling you what. Hope will abound. You won't have mental fatigue either. You'll be strong in your mind. Delay is not denial. It's just a tactic of the enemy to weaken your hope. Are you listening? Bible says Abraham, even though one year, two years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, almost 25 years went by. Instead of getting weaker, he got stronger. Wow. You know, some of us, you know, we're going through a battle for a month and we're ready to throw in the towel. Well, you know what that tells me? That our hope is not strong as it needs to be. See, you, you, can't, you can't focus on the facts and worry for a while and then get over here and, and you know, and meditate on God's word for a while. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm an equal opportunities. You know, I'm going to give worry. I'm going to give worry and faith. And we'll just see. No. You know, it's kind of like saying, you know, I'm going to get in shape. I'm making a New Year's resolution. I'm going to get in shape. And I'm going to tell you what, once a month, I'm going to the gym for 15 minutes. And I'm getting in shape. Yeah, I know why you're laughing, because that's just about what it is, isn't it? You might as well stay at home and eat that donut. <laughs> and yet people want to give that amount of time to God and His Word and spiritual things, and then they're surprised that they're not having a victorious life. I got awful quiet on that last one. Moving right along here. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred will make you heart sick. There's a lot of heart sick people in the world. You know, if, if, we, if we be sensitive, you know, you'll run into a lot of these people in just, you know, your everyday routine of life. You, you know, a lot of times you can just look at people's countenance. Maybe you're the, the person that's checking you out at the store. You can just look on them and you can see on their countenance, can't you? You know, if we're not so wrapped up in our own stuff that we never even... Uh, what person? Who checked? Somebody checked me out? <laughs> see, sometimes we're... That's another thing that hope helps us to do is to not... Because worry gets you... You know, worry is all about me, isn't it? I mean, I know we can worry about our kids, but even they are connected to you, aren't they? You know? It's all about, and we can get so caught up in that that, you know, we, we can find ourselves, you know, we don't even remember what happened today. I wasn't even present in today. I was so wrapped up in myself, I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't see that person. I didn't see that person over there that, that, that God was trying to tell me to, to encourage or to pray for. I was too busy with myself. And so, you know, hope deferred, it makes the heart sick. There's a lot of heart sick people. Believers and, and non-believers that's in the world, they're heart sick. Why? Because what their, their dreams are shattered. They have no hope. They just, you know, they're almost like, you know, that program, The Walking Dead, where they, you know, they just get up and just, they're going through the motions, but they're not really engaged in life anymore. They're weary, they're tired, they're hopeless. You know, those are the people that God's called us to reach out to. But here's the thing. First, we must have some hope in our own lives. 
Deferred hope will make your heart sick. You need to add some ingredients. Hebrews 6.12, it says that to hope, we need to add what? Faith and patience. Faith and patience. Faith and patience. If you can get hope and faith and patience working in your circumstances, i got good news for you. You're on the way out. I said you're on the way out, on the way up, on the way through. You're on the road to victory. Just as surely as the sun comes up in the east and goes down in the west, day after day, you are on the path to overcoming. Whatever it is. I mean, you know, a great genius, Einstein, said this. He said, to keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result is a sign of insanity. And, you know, we could say that when fear and worry get such a grip on us that, that we keep worrying, worrying, and worrying, which it hasn't helped us to solve anything, that we almost could plead temporary insanity. Has worry given you an answer yet? Has all that worry and all that anxiety and all that fear, what has it done for you? Maybe you should try doing something different. Isn't that right? Hope is the blueprint of faith. Turn over to Hebrews 11 real quickly. Hebrews 11. 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. So I, I look at it this way. Hope is like a blueprint. You know, any building of any size that is going to be constructed, they always start with what? A blueprint. Could you imagine them putting up a 40-story high-rise and, you know, the contractor comes out there and says, uh, you know, I think, you know, let's just, I mean, let's just play this kind of by ear, guys. You know, why don't you go over there and dig something, and you go over there and dig something, and, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and then, you know, we'll get some guy to come out here. We probably need some concrete, and I don't know. We need to order some steel, I think. I, you know, and he just kind of goes out there, and every day, they, what's that going to look like? You want to rent an apartment on the top floor of a building built like that? <laughs> You, you talk to people and say, you know, well, well what, what are you believing for? What you, I, I don't know. I just want things to be better. Well, that's good. But what's your hope? What's your blueprint? What do you see for your future? Because that's where you're going. And you know what? It don't take much energy to go nowhere. You know what? I could, you know what? I could fill my car up with one tank of gas park it in my driveway, and I'd never have to fill it up again. Oh, hallelujah. I still got the same tank of gas. I ain't gone anywhere, but boy, I got my gas. Well, what's the fun in that? God wants us to go somewhere. He has a, a, a planned road for your life to travel upon, and it's good. And it honors Him. And it glorifies Him. And it's going to bless you. 
There is a process that brings us from promise given to promise obtained. And here it is. A promise. First, we need a promise. Oh, pastor, give me a promise. Oh, believer, go find a promise. I'm not trying to be smart. I'll help you. But listen, somewhere along the line, there's got to be enough in you. See, a lot of people want, you know, they want me or somebody else to pray for them and straighten their life out. And do it. But that, you know what? That's not my job. I can't do it if I wanted to. I got my hands full of mine. <laughs> you ever tried to drive two cars at the same time? Kind of hard to do, isn't it? I can't, I can't be driving your car and mine too. This is why I say, go find for yourself. If you are hungry enough or desperate enough that you will get in this book and look and look and look and discover and find the promise for yourself, then something will come of it. But if I just hand everything out to you, a lot of times not much comes of that. Isn't that true? I remember, uh, you know, story of a young man. And he was hanging out with an older guy who was very successful in business, you know, and he felt himself very privileged, you know, that, that this older man would, would kind of mentor him and, you know, take him under his wing and, you know, give him advice and all because he, he had been so successful in everything. And, you know, they were out one day fishing and he was talking to him and everything. And he, finally, the young man, you know, he plucked up his courage. He said, please, sir, he said, tell me what was the most important thing in your success in life what was the most important thing now you've told me a lot of things but what was the most important thing and he said that man put his pole down walked over to him and looked at him you know and he thought man here it is i'm getting ready to get it and he grabbed a hold of him and stuck his head under the water and man he was kicking and flailing and you know and I mean, he kept holding his head under the water and holding his head under the water and he was flailing around and sterile and he thought, dear God, he's gone crazy. He's drowning me. <laughs> and just when he thought, man, I, this is it. I'm getting ready to take it. He let him up and he go, <laughs> you know, and he's like, what in the world did you do that for? He said, when you want to succeed as bad as you wanted that next breath, he said, you'll have it. When you get sick and tired enough of being sick and tired of your circumstances, be like the four lepers over there in the Old Testament. They said, why sit here until we die? Let's get up and move forward. That's good advice from four lepers. <clears throat> Promise, and then hope is the first thing. Hope, that's that blueprint. We get hope. We begin to see that our life could be different. Our circumstance could be different. Our family could be different. Our children could be different. Things could be different. It can be different. Hope. And then what? Faith gives substance to what I'm seeing. That's when we begin to believe that not only do I have hope seeing the future, but I believe what that God is working to bring about that blueprint right now. Amen. 
He's working on it. He's working on it. You ever got any mail in your mailbox? How did that mail get there? I mean, you know, is it magic? Every time you open it, that's when it appears? And when that mail got to your mailbox, that wasn't the moment that it was actually sent, was it? Are you listening to me? It was sent some days before it appeared in your mailbox, didn't it? So when it appeared in your mailbox, was it when that mail became real? See, a lot of times we don't think it's real until it's in our mailbox. But faith, are you listening to me? You getting this? Is the substance. It's already what? It's in the mail. It's in God's supernatural mail bin. It's it's coming out as soon as we start believing. That is good. You say, I'm not sure if I get that. Well, keep pondering on it. Hope. Now, get this. i got to close here. Hope is not about my past, but about my future. If you're living in your past, you're not living in hope. And most of the people that I have, you know, through the years now, that I have talked with and counseled with or you prayed with and all, you know, when you talk to them, as soon as they start talking, I know what part of the problem is, is they're in the past. This happened to me. This is what happened to me. This is how, this is what, how it made me feel. This is what, and everything's about their past. I, they don't have any idea about their future. Because they don't have hope. Hope is about my future. It's never about my past. Listen, my past has no power over my future if I keep my hope strong. But as soon as my hope begins to diminish... Guess what comes up? All that stuff from the past. My insecurities, my fears, what this one said, what that one done, what this didn't work out right, how that, that I, I lost this, I lost that, somebody did me this way. Am I telling the truth, church? That's exactly what happens. Let me give you some action steps before we pray. <clears throat> Draw a line down the middle of a piece of paper this week. On the left-hand side, list the facts. This is what the circumstance, this is the facts. You know, I need a job. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with fear. Whatever it is, list the facts in your life. On the right-hand side, list God's promises. Are you listening? It's, see, this is something anybody can do. You list your facts on the left hand, list God's promises on the right hand. Okay, remember we said there are two truths that are speaking to you. Both have a voice. One is temporary, the facts. One is eternal, God's promise. Then when the facts begin to speak to your mind, read aloud the promises. Do you know you can't think two thoughts Two, two, two different thoughts at the same time. You know, think red dog and blue dog at the same time. As soon as you think blue, you forgot about red. 
You can't do it. So, see, when, when fear comes and that worry comes and that stuff, they be, see, that's your circumstances speaking. Fear is your circumstances speaking. Then I begin to read aloud the promises of God on that right-hand side, and all of a sudden my mind, what? Is caught up with what? The promise of God, and what happens? Hope begins to rise up, and I begin to see the right future for my life. And then lastly, see your future shaped by God's promises rather than by the facts. Circumstances, we know this, circumstances, the reason Paul said they're temporary is because they change, don't they? Maybe today everything is just wonderful in your life, circumstantially. But you know what? As we go through life, some of those circumstances are going to change, aren't they? That's just a fact. Yeah, you know, I'm just telling you somebody's lived a while. But here's the thing. God's promise is eternal. This is why it's so important to have your hope connected to God and allow the hope of God's promises and God's word to speak louder than your circumstances. We're not saying your circumstances aren't real. We aren't saying that you just totally ignore them. But what I am saying is that I allow God's voice to be louder than the voice of my servant. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.